Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star is the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching each and every Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we're doing a bonus episode, Hot Shots Part Due, released by 20th Century Fox on May 21st, 1993, starring Charlie Sheen, Lloyd Bridges, Valeria Golino, Brenda Bakke, Miguel Ferrer, Rowan Atkinson, and Richard Crenna. Written by Jim Abrahams and Pat Proft. Directed by Jim Abrahams. And it's part du. I said du. <laughs> I don't speak French. I didn't take French. Uh, I, I speak, did. I didn't I do very Deutsch. well. I Deutsch. I don't speak French. Oh, well, uh, give, uh, what would be as hot shots part? I don't know what the word part. I don't know. Okay, I, my vocabulary is How about is two gone. in German? Oh, it's zwei. Hot shots part zwei. All right. So, it honestly, I, I probably, the last time I saw this movie was at latest, 1995 yeah, is my guess. Same here. Um, how did it hold up for you? Uh, I have mixed feelings about it, I would say. I did appreciate, although this is an unofficial, this is a bonus episode, so we're not actually doing a body count, but <laughs> I appreciate that the body count was posted. You know, obviously, probably not accurate. Oh, but not, not anywhere near accurate, but it was awesome. We had to do this movie just for that gag alone. It's, it's yeah. our whole podcast. So <laughs> is, what, that, is that counter there? Yeah, that counter and that gag, I did remember, and what's funny is, there's two jokes that I remember from this movie that I remember even as, whatever, I was 14, mm-hmm. finding really amusing. I found them just as amusing today one in particular i'm not sure what the other one is but i know for sure what oh, one of them i is. know you know what one of them is but actually so the second one comes right after the counter because you've got charlie sheen he's, he's they actually show him running out of bullets oh yes i even as a 14 year old i appreciate it maybe even more today but it's somewhat his reaction but just picking up a handful of bullets and just chucking them and then the way the guys die it's an amazing joke to me cuz that's basically what the action movies that we like yeah. are kind of like right the facade falling away <laughs> yes. from the action movie genre of just yes. yeah it's it's taking it to its absurd extreme yeah that's that's the best stuff of this movie is the spoofs of action movies just in general i think why i have mixed feelings about it is because I mean, obviously, this genre is has just died. It is the the spoofs that come out now are god awful. Your, your I, epic I, movies and your scary yeah. movie fives and that's what I was going to ask you. Is it, it seems like if these exist today, I'm not aware of them, and are they like just a direct to streaming or video? That that's the reason I don't know that they exist. I mean, I, I think you know, epic movie, date movie, scary movie, whatever the superhero, not another superhero movie yeah, is that I mean, one. I don't even know. If, I don't remember. That might be the title. I don't remember. They're so bad. I mean, you don't even need to see them to tell how bad they are. Just yeah. see the trailer and be like, this is, looks completely unwatchable. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this I, is not unwatchable. There's things that haven't held up well, and no, I this is this is. Pretty good. I would put it in the B tier of spoofs. It's not Airplane. as good as Airplane or no. Top Secret or The Naked Gun. That's the A tier. Yeah. And I don't know if, there, if there's one more, we could make a Mount Rushmore of uh, <laughs> spoofs. <laughs> who would be Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, I don't know who the fourth one would be. But uh, it's, it's one tier down. But I think the thing of it is, is I can see the trajectory. This movie... Bege- the beginning of the end? Yeah, I can see this movie starting to move towards... You know, scary movie, epic movie, and it's it's in particular. I think it's referencing very specific movie moments. This this movie is a spoof of Rambo's two and three. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. The great spoofs are not spoofs of individual movies. Like Naked Gun is a spoof of cop movies. It's a genre spoof, right? Yeah. Airplane is disaster movies. Yep. Top Secret is spy movies and Elvis movies. Like 
those work because you don't have to have seen anything in particular to get the jokes. And you probably don't need to have seen Rambo. I mean, you you hadn't seen Rambo 2 or 3, and you'd seen oh. Hot Shots Part 2. And you no, still it, thought, it was still funny seeing yeah. a guy pick up a handful of bullets and <laughs> chuck them at somebody. But that's not that's not spoofing a particular moment no, in the not. Rambo movies. It's it's spoofing the tone of action movies. When, yeah. when this movie is just spoofing action movies in the general sense, I think it's very funny. When it's trying to be specifically, like, poking... You know, like, there's the scene at the, like, Buddhist temple, and all the, the, the monks are just, like, horny for that girl, whatever her name, and just, you know, they're very specifically spoofing a scene from Rambo 3, and I don't think it's particularly funny, and it feels like just because, like, well, we gotta this do, is a scene in Rambo yep, 3, so we, we have gotta to do, do so, it. We have to try and find something comedic about... Yeah, exactly. Richard Crenna going and trying to convince Rambo. Yeah, I, right. They didn't have a joke to tell. They had a scene. They yeah. they needed a spoof, and they couldn't quite find something funny about it. And I think that's what these movies are now. Yeah, I think the only funny spoof I've seen in the last ten years is Black Dynamite, and that's a spoof of black exploitation movies with Michael Jai White. It's very funny. Okay, I haven't seen that one. I didn't. I didn't know about it. It's good. I've got the DVD if you want to borrow it. Okay, it's, it's very good. You have to be at least a little familiar with the genre, I think, yeah. and for that movie. But I will say. I was very impressed that Hot Shots Part 2 had a very coherent plot. It actually tells a story with a beginning and a middle and an end and characters that have arcs. And I was going, wow, these movies used to be real movies (laughs) and not just a collection of references to other movies. Yeah, no, and I think you're spot on on that. And having now seen Rambo 2 and 3, there are some things that... There's some things that I appreciate less because I'm 40 years old, I'm not 14, and I don't find as funny anymore. Yeah. But there are then other things, because I've now seen Rambo 2 and 3, in particular, actually the boat sequence and scene. I remember pointing out in our episode on Rambo 2 about how absurd it was that it basically Stallone or his stunt double looked like he was going off of a diving board. Yes, in yes. That, I honestly, I think that they, part of the spoof there with the way they were falling and diving, I think that was a little bit of a jab. And so some things I actually appreciated more now, yeah. having seen it and being older, than I did when I was 14. I remembered your comments when that scene came up in this movie. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> they had the same observation about Rambo yeah. 2 as you. So uh, it definitely did have, it was a coherent story. There are things that, you know, are definitely of its time, didn't don't hold up as well. But for me, I, I'm not going to say that I found it as funny at 40 years old as I did as 14, but I'm not, I wasn't embarrassed you know, there's some movies where I look back and I know I was younger, but I'm like, yeah, I should have been more sophisticated than I was. Yeah. Like this, I'm not embarrassed. I still, there still was legitimately funny things in this movie. Yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. I mean, yeah. it's definitely not uh, a bad movie. It's just, you know, I, it's just a bummer to see, because I don't know what, what, by this time, the that team of the Zuckers and Jim Abrahams, they'd split up. Jim Abrahams yeah. did this and the first Hot Shots and maybe one or two. He did uh, um, Wrongfully Accused with Res- Leslie Nielsen, which was the Fugitive, the Fugitive parody. Yep. Which I always used to get mixed up with Spy Hard. One of them's good and one of them's bad, and I think Wrongfully Accused is the good one. Yes, I think Spy Hard is terrible. Yeah, okay. So I'm remembering correctly. It's yeah. Wrongfully Accused. So it, it makes sense that that's coming from the tradition of the, of the Hot Shots movies. Yep. And then one of the Zuckers went off and did like Ghost and became like a serious director. I, I mean, I... I don't know if I've even actually seen Ghost. I know of Ghost. Okay. I didn't know one of them became serious. That's interesting. I forget what else he's done. Yeah, he, he that was an Academy Award nominated yeah. movie. And so I think I think once this team split up, I think I think 
the the Naked Gun sequels were the last ones they did together. But like, yeah, I, I was trying to think of like, okay, what are the spoofs after this? Like, who picked up the torch? I mean, it's a scary movie is kind of the next one that was. Yeah, and there were other ones about the teen. You know, not another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was not another that. teen movie, not yeah, yeah. superhero. Maybe it was not another teen movie. Is I what think. I'm thinking of. I think not another superhero movie is. A movie. There was a superhero spoof. I just don't remember if that was the title or not. It might yeah, have been it not might another have been. superhero movie, yeah, which is ironic because it was way too early for that that's one. True. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine now, yeah. But it's interesting that, can you see this being, you know, this type of movie being released in theaters today? I don't think so. No. No. It's not just spoofs. It's like comedies, period, are kind of dead right now. Yeah. Like, theatrical comedies, they almost don't exist. Like, I'm trying to think of just a comedy that even Judd Apatow, you know, doesn't really make, make movies anymore, or like... Adam Sandler's re- most recent movie is definitely not a comedy. Not a comedy. <laughs> I'm I'm glad we decided to cover this, and this definitely was the time to do it, since now we've covered the the two key movies that that it definitely captures. Yeah, I don't think it would have made sense to do the first, you know, Hot Shots either, because that really is a com- that's a Top Gun spoof. Yeah, it, if you're it, watching every Tom Cruise movie, then maybe, but, <laughs> absolutely, we yeah. have to. Uh, but I, you know, o- overall, it held up better than I thought. I was afraid. That and I didn't. Rem- I, there's a few jokes that I knew that I would enjoy and remember for nostalgia, if nothing else. I was afraid. I'm like, man, I hope there's not a lot of like potty humor in this that I just don't remember. And there wasn't. Most yeah. of the most of the humor I think is mainstream enough, and is just parody satire. I think it ho- held up pretty well. Yeah, there's definitely nothing that that like you said isn't is embarrassing or like you know just like lowbrow in a way that is is gross or you know it's you know n- nothing against like. I like a good fart joke as much as anybody. You See, know what I mean? And, like, I, and I don't. That's the thing. Is that's what I was afraid there was going to be, at least for me, too much of that. And no, for the most part, it, it sticks to the knitting of this is a, a, an action hero satire. But I guess what I was going to say is you can do any kind of joke well or do any kind of joke badly. Just because it's, you know, Blazing Saddles, the, the campfire scene is one of the funniest scenes I ever saw. It's just a bunch of guys farting. <laughs> you know, you can do it right. But you're right. I mean, it, it is. I don't know if I go so far as to say it's clever. Like I, I think the 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 you know airplanes and naked guns in, oh. in some, are frequently very very clever. Like yes. they're simultaneously really stupid and very intelligent. And I think this one's not quite as it doesn't it's not operating at the same high level that those movies are. But the B tier is the right way to put it. And to your point, I've I may have said this on the air or on air whatever I'm recording before, and I'm still embarrassed that it took me into my 30s with airplane. To get one, and it's not even that like funny or that important of a joke, but like when I had that realization, I'm like, oh my god! Since like 12, 12 years old or probably younger, you've missed this joke. It's uh, Ted Stryker saying he has a drinking problem. Like in my <laughs> mind, I, I know I've told you this. I don't know if I said it on the recording, but in like my mind, it always was that like his drinking is that there was like alcohol in it and he just happened to be spilling it on himself. And somewhere in like my late twenties or thirties, I'm like, Oh my God, you're an idiot. The drinking problem is he literally can't get the beverage into his mouth. It's not that smart of a joke, but there's airplane has a lot of more clever stuff than you're right. Than, than this does. But that is very clever because it's a play on the definition of, you know, the two words together, drinking problem. You, those two words together could mean something different than you assume it means. That's what's funny about it. It's actually a very clever language joke. While also being a stupid joke where a guy pours water on himself, you know, like it's it's both things, which is why that joke is great. Thirty years old, and it took me to get that. It joke. happens. You see movies at a young age, and you just assume one yeah. thing about a particular scene or line. And we've right. talked about this. And I never. Th- that's the thing is that because I saw it at a young age, I never thought about it until I like, oh my, oh you idiot! 
Right. The actual joke is he's spilling it all over himself. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I, yeah, I, this is going to be a tough one to talk about. It was my worry. We'll see how it goes. But, I mean, I don't want this to just be like, this joke was funny, this joke was funny, this joke was less funny. I'm not sure how we're even going to do a podcast on this. We'll, we'll just have we're to see do how our this best. goes. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'll open up with something. One of the things that I, I did struggle with and I got nervous about is the first few minutes <laughs> – um, the movie definitely really dates itself in oh, that it's it, absolutely it, it's so focused on Saddam Hussein that as I was watching, I'm like, oh man, you know, I got very nervous that it was not going to hold up at all. And as it went on, it got closer to being, as you said, a spoof of the genre and giving broader strokes. Because yeah. I mean, you you basically get to the jungles of Iraq, which is absolutely <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know because it's because it's the Rambo movies, it's parodying. Right. But those first like ten minutes, I got. I I will admit, I was very nervous. Yeah, this is 1993, so this yeah. is before the the Iraq War, after the Gulf War. You know, I, I don't know if you could get away with this post Iraq War. Like you know, the Gulf War in the in nineteen ninety, you know, the Persian Gulf War, it was pretty quickly over, and there weren't har- hardly any American casualties, and it was like a, a, it was like a, a conflict that did not weigh very heavily on like oh, the, the minds of the world. It, it was an overwhelming victory, and and I think in the eyes of most, a just mission. Right, it was a def- in defense of a, a yeah. ally of the United States. Like yeah, it's. You can see how in a period in this period you could just paint Saddam as a cartoon character. Right. He's just Wiley e. Coyote in this movie. I mean I guess we're far enough away now from the Iraq war that it's not really an issue, but um, the only thing that bothered, bothered me to be honest about Saddam Hussein is the fact that he died in the first hot shots and now suddenly he's back without an explanation. Yeah. How dare they? I, I forgot. <laughs> Where's about, the continuity in the series? I, I had forgotten about that, but then again, at the same time, in a series of these kind of movies, does continuity really matter? <laughs> no, it does not. I mean, yeah, who cares? But Topper Harley dropped a giant cartoon bomb on him while he was <laughs> sipping a mai tai well, in Hot Shots Part. Maybe, uh, maybe it was. Maybe it was a dud. I think we see it explode. Yeah, I think, I think his you're right. Palace explodes. But <laughs> uh, right. yeah, I think you're right on the mai tai as well. I, yeah, I, I distinctly remember him sitting by the pool drinking a drink, and he literally, literally lands in his lap. Ooh. And- <laughs> And then his whole palace explodes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Jim Abraham's. Like, it feels like this movie has kind of an unhealthy obsession with Saddam Hussein in a weird way. But whatever. If you want a villain for your cartoon movie, yeah. I mean, I think you wanted a villain, and also that in terms of like ticket sales, it you know there, there certainly was a you know Saddam is a cartoon. We dispatched him, so I you know I was probably playing to the audience as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean uh, that's definitely it. True. Worked in the first one, right? So why wouldn't it work in the second? Well, one? there's a lot of references to. Early '90s current events, like Arsenio Hall, <laughs> like Arsenio Hall. I don't know if I call it current events, but yes, Arsenio Hall. But like you know, this movie's just like, oh, remember when George H. W. Bush puked on the Japanese Prime Minister? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm watching, going like, oh right, I guess that is a thing that happened. It was a thing that happened, and that was another one. I, if I know you don't want this to be, well, this joke wasn't funny. I mean, we're gonna. That's but that, inevitable. That's what this episode's gonna be. But that even wasn't just a joke either. That was like a drawn out sequence, and yeah. it, w- it was too long. It was a brief moment of you know H. W. Bush's presidency, and it was still relevant. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't relevant, but it was news. But yeah, it didn't like. Sh- it was not a actually a significant historical event. No, it, it's, it's not felt- going to be in the history books. <laughs> the, the time that George H. W. Bush. <laughs> Puked on the Japanese Prime Minister. It's not like it caused an incident. It's like no. Japanese Prime Minister, as I recall, was very you know understanding, understanding. and yes. <laughs> you know it was not a big. Deal. I mean, it was certainly embarrassing for the president, but it didn't cause an international incident. Right. You know, it wasn't anything offensive that was said or anything like that. And it, it was sequences like that that 
it felt like Ooh, we need this movie to be an hour and a half, you know, screen time. So we've got to stretch it out a little bit. Well, I, I think it wanted to be topical. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like Saddam is smoking. He's got a lighter shaped like an oil, oil, oil uh, Derek Derek burning. burning. You know, it's just a lot of stuff like that where it's like that's so specific to the events of the day. It's like fortunately we're old enough to remember that stuff, but right. just barely. If this is about similar, if this is about like specific Grenada imagery or something like that. Like, I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> right. You know, it's only because we're just barely old enough to have remembered oh. this period of history. And in thinking of it now, I take back my earlier comment. There's actually three moments or jokes in this movie. I should have remembered the other one, and I'm very disappointed. I'm going to cut right to it. It's still probably my favorite part of the movie. All right. And at the time this came out, I loved it, but I didn't completely get how genius it was. I Loved You in Wall Street was, like, my favorite part of that movie. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. But what's funny is, at the time, I didn't realize I might have seen Platoon, maybe. I definitely had not seen Apocalypse Now by the time this came out. Not too long after. Okay. What I didn't realize is that they're literally going through the motions yeah. of the actual... I had. I mean, I didn't know those were actual lines from Charlie Sheen is reading his lines from Platoon. <laughs> Martin Sheen is reading his lines from Apocalypse Now, and they it's see each other, and they say... It's it's yeah, <laughs> and the thumbs up actually is what really adds to yeah, it for me. That is a very funny moment. <laughs> so that for some there you you know the other one too, but I loved you in Wall Street. We got to build it, up to that other one because yeah. I love it. It's it's the most. I didn't laugh a ton, I will say, but I laughed a long. I, I knew it was coming. We we you and I reference it all, all the, time. the time, and, I and still, it's actually very topical too. Right right now, it's uh, true, extremely yes. topical. I I kind of I I, I wanted to pour pour out a little in in remembrance as I was watching yeah. it. We got to build to it. We can't yeah. just talk about it. After, I mean, it's near the end of the movie anyway. But yeah, and it actually it was further into the movie than I thought. I I had forgotten like how far into the movie. Do we do we need to cover the plot at all? I mean, there is kind of a plot and it's you're right. it's more it's, plot than you would expect yeah so do you want to cover the plot quickly i mean it's sure. not very complex no it's not it's the plot of rambo 3 but set in a jungle like rambo 2 essentially <laughs> yes. richard krenna playing a character who is not troutman but it was essentially troutman uh technically this is kind of the last time he will play this character i mean it's it's essentially troutman yeah um, just a different different name but same mission as rambo 2 as well yeah because there's a team at the beginning who is is trying to is the team at the in the opening sequence trying to assassinate Saddam Hussein or are they just trying to capture they're trying to rescue the hostages hostages from prior attempts because there's a line at some point where uh, that woman I, I don't know any characters names but she's like now we, now we have to okay Michelle she's like now we have to rescue the team that went in to rescue the team that went in to rescue the team you know there's yeah. a series of failed att- rescue attempts and now they need Topper Harley who's the best even though he was a pilot in the last movie, <laughs> yeah, whatever. This bad. is just a totally new it it doesn't matter. continuity. He's yeah. grown his hair out. It doesn't matter. Yes, that's true. Um, except for in the flashbacks. Not in the Lady in the Tramp flashbacks, he doesn't have the long hair. Uh, late, Lady in the Tramp and The Godfather. They just went for it in that. That's one I'm sure I, for, I, did, I did not, not know. I'm sure if the, when I saw it in the 90s, I had no idea that was a reference to The Godfather. I probably didn't either because I don't think I'd seen The Godfather yet. It wasn't too long after that I would have. But I did not remember that being in the movie at all. It was like a pleasant surprise well, to me. They don't do anything with it. It's just <laughs> like, oh, that's the scene from The Godfather is happening over there. <laughs> we just walked past it, and, and there's I, no joke. It's, I thought for sure that that was going to be the explanation of what happened to Romato, was that Michael accidentally shot uh, her instead of, you know, Salazzo and, uh, oh, I can't remember the police captain's name. But no, it didn't McCluskey, go. McCluskey? Yeah, McCluskey, I think. It, but no, it didn't go anywhere. It's just basically that it's in the same restaurant. 
Yeah, they just walk past the scene, you know. Our scene is happening in the background of The Godfather and vice versa is what's happening, which, yeah, I don't understand. They just wanted to have a Godfather. That's, that's kind of what I mean is why I have slightly mis- mixed feelings about it. It's just like, that's the sort of thing that spoofs are now. It's just like, remember this from this movie? You know, yeah. it's, there's no joke. It's just, hey, this is a you know reference to this other movie. That- How clever is it that we could work in different movies? Yeah, But it's not even clever. They're, they're I- in a, it's a scene in a restaurant, and they walk past the table with that scene from Godfather 1 going on, and then it's not commented on and there's nothing really there's a reason or joke that annoys me but anyway that's fair enough well so I, I did enjoy the rest of the scene the lady in the flat uh, tramp flashback <laughs> pushing where, the meatball yeah i mean that's what that's what's funny about it is that it takes it the extra step first it's just the reference they recreate the scene with the spaghetti and oh they both they're sucking in the spaghetti and it and they kiss and then and then it goes to him pushing the meatball with his nose it's like okay that's taking it the extra step they didn't You're, have to go that far. Oh, that's what Charlie makes it Sheen, funny. you were really committed to it that you were willing to push that meatball there. He, he is, he's good in this movie. Everyone, he everyone's very funny in this movie. Yeah. So uh, on that, yes, the topper Harley is needed, and Troutman goes, much like Rambo 2, to try and convince him. Or is it Rambo 2? No, or Rambo 3. Much like Rambo 3 goes because he's, <laughs> he's doing work for Buddhists. Yes. The, the movie starts as a spoof of Rambo 3, and then at some point it flips, and yeah. the rest of the movie is a spoof of Rambo 2. Yeah. Because uh, that's the, you know, the jungle stuff is what everyone thinks of when they think of Rambo. Rambo. So even though Iraq is a desert and Rambo 3 is, is in a desert, <laughs> they could have made the whole thing a Rambo 3 spoof. But, they chose not to. Yeah. Well, technically it's not Iraq, though. It's an unnamed Persian Gulf nation. Yeah, okay. Which has a dictator. A ter- I think it's just called a terrorist dictator. They never call him Saddam by name. They nope, never call him right. Iraq by name. But uh, the only time they refer to Iraq is there's a map, and one side says Iraq, and the other side says <laughs> hard, hard place. place. Yes, I thought that was a funny joke. But was, the, the country's in between those two countries. Yeah, and if it was up to the president, he would just have them flown over to Minnesota so that they <laughs> could have the conflict there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. You know, Lloyd Bridges, I think, is probably funnier in the first movie. Yeah, I think having him be president ties down because they're doing all these references to actual current events at the time. But uh, he's he's still. He's holding his own. He is. What's there were a couple of the what I definitely don't remember and probably didn't notice when I was fourteen. There's a couple of jokes in there that are either news commentary or just in the background that I, maybe I shouldn't find them as funny as I did. But there, I think after the sex sequence with Topper and Michelle, the morning after, you don't get the TV. It's just it's either the radio or the TV's on in the background, and I've got it here because there's no way I noticed this at fourteen, but I loved it. The Nebraska governor made a public apology today for his state being so flat. Oh, yeah, I, didn't <laughs> I that. love that concept because yeah. there's actually some level of realism to that. Like in today's political environment, for some reason, I can kind of see that not being that absurd. You're saying this would be like a scandal somehow? That not the a state scandal. Is so flat? No, that just somebody would come out and apologize for <laughs> something that's not within their control. Sure. Anyway, sorry. I'm sc- I'm scanning through my notes because there's a lot of s- scenes that are there just for the comedy that aren't necessarily plot related. Like for instance, the opening of the Lloyd Bridges President whatever uh, Presidential tug, Library. Tug, tug Benson. Benson, yes. The opening of his library and all the the living presidents are there, and then cut to a wide shot of obvious stand-ins, like you know, and they're taking w- a beating, wacky hijinks. Yeah, yeah. some of that stuff. Uh, a lot of physical comedy that isn't un- entirely successful, but, you know. And that's what, what I, I that's what I was afraid this movie would have too much of, is that physical comedy, even at 14, I wasn't a huge fan, and at 40, I'm really not a fan. And yeah. There's some, but there's not a ton in here. The only part of that sequence that I did enjoy is uh, the Gerald Ford stand-in. I think something went wrong with the sequence where 
Lloyd Bridges is supposed to hit him all in the head with the shovel, and he missed Gerald Ford, and the actor's just like, I guess I should fall down. He just falls down. <laughs> That's great. I missed that. Yeah, he never gets hit. One of, one of the moments, actually, I and what's funny is that I, I think there's a few key moments with Richard Crenna that I'm enjoying his comedic performance. Yeah, he's very funny in this. Most of it's deadpan, but what I, I that the sequence of when Topperat, who are they? Uh, she's CIA. He, he's... He's just an He's extra. An extra yeah. I, mo- any of the fourth wall breaking stuff, I I loved back in the day, and I still love today. See, I don't know. I, I would have even really understood what he meant. By oh, that. really? As, no, as I a, you know, in my teens, He's just an extra. Yeah, that was very funny. And it's true. He never has a line. So, <laughs> I got to think if you were that extra, if you're actually like, you know, it's it's almost kind of an insult. Like, yeah, I guess like, a gig's a gig, but. You'd, you'd kind of stand up and say, I think I should get a little extra pay on this. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm the I'm the target of this joke, so my, I'm a super special expert. Yeah, my character's been commented on, even if I don't get a line. Yes. Uh, we did skip over the recreation of the fight scene from Rambo 3, where uh, they're selling tickets. There's a lot of like sports. Actually, like <laughs> The gags all revolve around what it's like to go to a professional sports game. There's a ticket taker, and there's a subway in there. And there is, but... Someone is sitting in their seats. The sitting in their seats, I didn't remember. <laughs> I actually, I laughed out loud at that one, because the reaction... Because, you know, Krenna points at the tickets, and then the guys, oh, sorry. <laughs> the, the fact that there's seats, or there's guys that would be squatting in seats for this made me laugh. Yeah, it, that stuff never got old. Like you'd think it's all the same joke. Oh, this is this dirty, you know, stick fight, and and yet all of the commerce around it is like a full, it's like a full arena, <laughs> ticket takers and subways. But um, yeah, it's, it's funny the whole way through. I think too, and then following up because after this, then you you go and you're right for the most part, the sequence with the monks, it it's not really that funny. It felt like oh, this is in a Rambo movie, so then we've got to make it funny, but. Towards the tail end, when Michelle gets, here's my card, here's my 900 number, call me anytime, <laughs> I'll wave the charges. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I like that idea, 900 number. Uh, the, the other part of that sequence that I did laugh at is Charlie Sheen and Richard Crenna are recreating the scene from Rambo 3 where they're talking about you're a killer and blah, blah, blah. They're basically just yeah. doing it straight, and then the background is all the monks like trying to impress her, yeah. bodybuilder monks. There's like, one guy with a dog doing tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any like joke happening in the background of a scene, I always appreciate. I always find that funny. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have found it as funny as I did because when Mich- when they're all leaving, just the one one monk just has a sign. I just it just says celibacy sucks. Yes. And you know what? No, there's a, there's another joke. I know I didn't get when I was fourteen that I did write down here. That there's no way I got it. Uh, when Topper says, "Hold on, I got to find it here." Is it when he's talking about the three bears? No. Well, that's the the story of the three bears is great. Charlie Sheen's reaction is very very funny. He's like, "You know what happened then, Topper?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> Like a little kid. Yes. Very, very good performance by Charlie Sheen. No, but when Topper says, I, you, you brought a woman here. These men, they took an extreme bottle of celibacy <laughs> like their fathers <laughs> and, and their father, father yeah. before them. There's no way I got that joke yeah. at 14, that's, but I definitely got it this that's time. That's actually a pretty subtle joke. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to think about it. Yes. Speaking of timely uh, references, a Bob Vila cameo. <laughs> <laughs> that holds up. Who remembers Bob Vila? Obviously, you and I do. Yes, you and I do. It doesn't hold up. But what's funny, and again, he wasn't really acting, but I found it like believable. I mean, Bob Vila did a good... I know that that's just what he did for his show, so it wasn't asking him to do much. Right. But I totally... Yeah, thanks, Bob. Honestly, <laughs> it'll, it'll cost... I think he says it'll... It'll cost you a few extra dollars, but in the long run, you'll appreciate right. the energy savings. It'll save you on the energy bill. Yeah. 
I never actually saw Bob Vila. Like, now I would totally really? watch Bob Vila's show, but at the time I never saw it. Oh. I, so, I was familiar with who he was. That's about it. In my house, my brother loved this old house. I saw so many of those episodes. Really? So that, that was a joke that definitely landed with me at 14. Without I would doubt. watch that just to, I need to. I need to know how to be more handy. I'm not handy enough. Yeah. People our age and younger don't have enough Bob Vila's to tell us how to do stuff. I can't, well, I can't fix things around the house. Well, no, because the, the shows that are popular today, I, I mean, there are some of those, but most of, I think, what's most popular in HGTV is, oh, we're looking to buy a new house, and here are the three places that they see, as opposed to the ones that are actually like, doing work on them. Those don't seem to be as popular shows. Well, it seems like those shows now are just like, you will appear on our show, and we we'll will come fix up your house and <laughs> yeah. not teach you anything. It's, it's, I mean, it's very... Uh, Move that bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very telling of the times we live in. 30 years ago, Bob Vila would teach his audience how to fix things for themselves. He would teach a man how to fish, and now we just want to be given the fish, you know. And cooked. I don't just want you to catch the fish for me. I want you to cook exactly. it, serve it to me, and probably clean up for me. It's very telling that that's the, the difference in home uh, repair shows between now and then. So they, So the CIA gets Topper to eventually agree because... Richard Crenna once again goes through the same <laughs> sequence of getting captured. Even worse, at least in Rambo 3, we got to see what happened. He least had one scene of, of infiltrating Afghanistan yeah, I, before he's captured. He's immediately captured. <laughs> we just cut to him already captured. <laughs> As if it was a foregone conclusion. Like, of course he's captured. We don't need to explain what happened. You know that he got captured. In because... some ways, though, it's so true. Oh, absolutely. I, I found it very funny just because of our podcast of how we were talking about how terrible he was. Like, he... The la- we see him leave the Buddhist temple, and then I think there's like a c- the scene cut to pre- President uh, Benson, yeah. and then cut to him already He's being captured. tortured. Yes. <laughs> no explanation at all. So that is finally, much like the Rambo movies, what convinces Topper Harley that he needs to come out of his retirement to, to rescue fake Troutman. Yes. I'm sure I wrote down fake Troutman's actual character it's name. Like Walters or something like that. Yeah, they should have just called him, like, you know, Salmonman or something. <laughs> They should, they should have just leaned into it a little just bit. Just use some other fish, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Topper goes to the president, I guess, to get permission or something, or to volunteer. There's a, there's a funny joke, because this, this is where you get him puking on the Japanese prime minister. Yes. There's an event or something. Um, and then there, there's a line I found funny where Topper goes up to Lloyd Bridges and goes, President Benson? No, you're not. <laughs> you, you shouldn't go around pretending to. I've seen him on TV before. Well, that's the thing. I, him saying, no, you're not, was already funny. I was like, you could just stop there. But then he goes, I've seen him on TV before. He's about my heights and da da da. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not was funny. And also, you shouldn't go around pretending to be the president. That was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then that, that sequence leads you to. Because Topper's there, meets up with Michelle, and that's what leads into like the basic instinct, which that had to be pretty fresh because that was like 1992 yeah pretty fresh but they worked that in and then the the entire i'm sure 14 year old me thought that that was a great i i actually i'm like this is going on too this is like filler in the movie the uh, limo yeah the i mean it was a little bit of wall street actually in there a well, little bit of wall street. i think mostly it's no way out it's a parody of which is a oh, movie oh okay which, and that's what i was missing I, i've never seen that all the way through but i've seen bits and pieces and i i was aware is that kevin costner kevin costner yeah, yeah okay I, I did find that stuff funny. The driver in the front, he's, he hangs a giant mirror up. The and, giant mirror. It, I, and he's I, filming it with like a, a full-on 35-millimeter camera. Yeah, I, I felt like the sequence went on too long. And yeah. then even in like the bedroom, it went on too long. But whatever. Yeah, I, that stuff, I, don't, I didn't find that funny. I don't know even what... Well, because that then it goes back to the basic instinct stuff, right? Where do you think she's got yeah, the she's knife in the bed him. and she's going to yeah. stab him like in basic instinct? Yeah. Um, I guess it's a spoiler, but whatever. <laughs> it's an old movie. <laughs> 
I think the spoilers are more than fair on a movie yeah. from 1992. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but what is it? She oh, she fixes the. the she's squeak. got a screwdriver. And a screwdriver and an oil can and fixes the squeak. Yes, I guess that's the gag there. Yeah, and then so ultimately the team is assembled. I did not remember at all that Ryan Stiles is in this movie and part of the team. He doesn't have a lot, but the one thing he did add, I I loved the play on because I immediately thought I was going down the path. Oh, this is the chum that they're going to kill off. Because he's saying, oh, you know, I got this girl and I married and he goes through the whole sequence. That's true, yeah. I noted but, that. But what I love is the ending was a, was a great payoff. And once once that the house and that car or boat, I think it was boat, right. paid off. Once it's all paid off. I'm going to set my charges and I'm going to blow the shit out of them. I thought that was a great payoff because yeah. that is not what I expected at all. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, we did skip over. There's there's a joke that I uh, it reminded me of a better joke in in Top Secret, but uh, the joke was uh, the helicopter's landing and then it's just like a tiny helicopter. Hey, get this thing get out, that of out. out! Somebody's gonna trip and get hurt. It reminded me of the giant phone in Top Secret, which uh, <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> I, I love right. it. I think I think that's better. Than that's the helicopter. better than the helicopter, but it's just a similar thing. So when you actually get them over here, I I ruined it because I was too excited to talk about it. They, once. They get over. They they get um, the um, they meet their contact. Well, I guess I didn't ruin that. I, I ruined after this when they get on the boat. But they meet their contact, who of course turns out to be um, uh, Ramada from yes. from the first movie. Yes, the only returning character other than Charlie Sheen and Lloyd Bridges, right? Uh, I, I believe so. so. And I, I actually like the exchange between them. But of all of the of all the places you had to be, I think it is actually Casablanca that's a play on that line, which isn't great. Yeah, there's a lot of riffs on Casablanca in this movie because their whole situation is basically Casablanca. That she she You're fell right. in love with Topper and then learned her, her husband, husband who yeah. she thought was dead, is actually alive. It's exactly Casablanca. It's a sequel. I had to. Do you have any idea what the critics will say? Same unexplored characters or something. Yeah. Again, when they were breaking the fourth wall, I still eat that stuff up and enjoy it. Yeah. That one I'm less into, but uh, it's, a, it's okay. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Okay. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple other guys in the team. There's, uh, um, uh, God, I know his name. Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. from I know, I'll know i always know him from RoboCop. I'm sure he's done a ton of stuff. He's in Twin Peaks. That's mostly what I know oh, him for now. Okay. Well, now I, he will always be, uh, oh, not Dick, Dick Jones. Oh, man, what was his character's name? His line will, will forever stick with me because eight-year-old me saw RoboCop in theaters and shouldn't have. The old man thought it was pretty important. Dick is a line that will always stick with me from RoboCop. Yeah, I don't know RoboCop nearly as well as you, so I'll take a word for that. No, he plays Albert in Twin Peaks. What's Albert's last name? I don't think you learn it until the most recent season, but uh, anyway. Really? I think he's just Albert. Okay. He's, he's very good in Twin Peaks. He had a very small role in the original show, but he was so good that they expanded he was in the movie, and then in the most recent season, he's in a ton. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen him in a ton, but the things that I've seen him in, I, I always appreciated him. Yeah, he's great in this. He's great in, yeah, he's always great. He passed away relatively recently, yeah. which is a shame, but uh, he's, yeah, he's great in this. He's great in Twin Peaks. A lot of range. And he, he probably has the, what's funny is it's dated, but it's still so perfect, and it, he probably has the funniest moment in this movie. Uh, well, we'll get there soon. <laughs> we're almost <laughs> I'm there. guessing people are, by now, probably are guessing. What if, we, they, if you know the movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, there's, there's another guy. He's he's like the the radio guy. Yeah, he gives a bunch of jargon like which I found pretty funny. He's like sap tap to get I tap whap and whatever yeah. he says. You know, it's just poking fun at military jargon. And he quite takes literally uh, when when he gets that the the vultures are so. I see a couple of goals, but 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but the seagulls made me. I see a couple of gulls. Did you notice there was a quiz in the credits at the end? And it, the oh. qu- it said, which line, which character said, and I think it's that line. I see a really? couple of gulls. Yeah, it's, you know, because they sometimes put like crazy like comedy credits. Oh, no. There was, I... a, there was a pop quiz in the credits, and one of, one of the questions was, which character said this line? <laughs> That's great. I well, think it, I, think it was I that. would have been able to pass that quiz. Well, the other ones were like, who was the key grip? <laughs> it was oh. mostly like, were you paying attention to the credits? Here's a pop quiz. <laughs> no, and what's, I feel bad. I did not make it through the credits to see that, so I, shame on me. I wrote down all the, the comedy credits, so maybe we can save that until the end. Yeah, yeah they, they jump into not Iraq, the jungles of not Iraq. They, they yell Geronimo. I think that, that's a joke I remembered. I remember Geronimo was there, and he goes, he goes, me! Yeah, I, I think I liked it probably better when I was 14 than, than I did now. I still think that's funny, Geronimo yelling, me! <laughs> that's a funny joke. What can I say? I find that funny still. Uh, they do the Rambo 2 gag of, of Topper grabbing the snake, and then it, it rolls up like a window shade. Yeah. That's one of the... the, the we get a lot that of... That was like spot, you know, we, we need to do more Rambo, you know, we, we need to weave in more Rambo into this. Yeah, we get a lot of very specific Rambo 2 references, because, yeah, him meeting up with Ramada is almost the exact same sequence, you, to the he, point where in I- Iraq or a similar country, there are, like, Buddhist, like... Thailand, one of those big heads that they... I don't know what they're called. Yeah. But it's like, isn't this supposed to be the Middle East? Why is this here? It's because Rambo 2, that's why. Yeah, well, even it wasn't Troutman in Rambo 2, but the torture with the, you know, the elect, the electric torture, shock torture of Rambo right. is the same same sequence, just different character. It's Troutman instead yeah, of Rambo. Yeah. So That's true, yeah, because uh, in that movie, Rambo is the one... Topper Harley never gets captured. He's too cool. I did like the joke of not Troutman spitting at the guy, and then it's just like, pfft, just big, like a bucket, <laughs> bucket of, water. of water. Yeah, that was very funny. But anyway, yeah, they're they're infiltrating. They're signaling back to base, and I did find it funny where they're signaling Morse code. Cut to the guy oh, writing it down, just as did lit, did da da lit, da. The literal writing of it. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, for me, probably of the sequence then of when they're actually trying to break into the prison, I shouldn't find this as funny as I did. But when he's taking the time to cut the chain link fence and then the rest of the fence just falls down around. I don't know why, but 40 year old me found that very funny. Yeah. uh, Well, I found I found it funnier later because uh, probably 10 minutes after that, Topper's trying to find the uh, the place where. Uh, um, Ramada's husband, husband is, yeah. and he finds a map. map. It's like it's like a Disney World map or something. <laughs> you were here, and the entrance is a drawing of the front gate fallen in that exact same shape. Really? Just, yeah, oh, so, I missed that. That's I saw that. I'm like, wow, they, they really must have planned that gag ahead of time. They that is a, good to get the yeah, to get the props set up to yeah. have that drawn in. It's there. a it's a very like I was very impressed with the int- attention to detail. detail. There. It was I, very good. I'm glad. I'm impressed that you caught that because I definitely missed that detail. Yeah, there's a lot of like very quick gags as they infiltrate this uh, prison camp, which I don't know how much. I've just got a list of gags and which ones I enjoyed. I like I like Topper Harley tying the necktie around the guy and killing him, it, by strangling him with a necktie. It was pretty good, of you know, because you get so many of oh, you're gonna sneak up and you know have some rope or whatever. Nope. It, the tie well, was the perfect but one. But he, he doesn't straight. It's not like he it ties it no, tight enough to strangle just, him. Just putting it on a man is enough to kill him. Which is funny is that some people, the way they react when they have to wear a necktie, you would think that they actually are being strangled. Some people, that's how it feels. Um, There's a lot of cartoony stuff. There's like a boxing glove on a spring and uh, a mallet on the end of a sniper rifle. (laughs) 
Uh, there's a fight with a banana, or is it, oh, you know, Ryan Styles did kind of he he sold that fight. I actually think pretty well of the banana. Yeah, absolutely. and I, and I what I did appreciate about that it was it was a good setup because he he eventually disposes of the banana, and then I think he gets the the poke in the eye with the with the, the two fingers. I think he gets that guy. Yeah, it's just a, a, a prosthetic hand with two fingers out yeah. on the end of a pole, and of course that <laughs> knocks him out. Yeah. But what's great is the setup then was is that they had a guy sneaking down the stairs behind them, like, oh, are they going to ignore this and cut away? No, because the banana peel is still on the ground, and that guy gets yeah. taken out by the banana peel. It's, it's a nice payoff to it the is. joke, for sure. They didn't forget about uh, the banana peel. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the only way to do a banana peel gag and make it work is yeah. you have to first forget the banana peel is there. If the character just throws a banana peel on the ground, you're going, all right, this old chestnut, this old gag. But you think the joke, the banana joke's over. No, they, they, they got every last moment. They managed to make a banana peel. The guy <laughs> slipping on a banana peel be surprising and funny. That's <laughs> but, a real achievement. Right but there. not a banana in a tailpipe. No, that's different. Because that's different. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so they find Richard Crenna and... The broom to try to get the keys of the broom, which some of that stuff is pretty funny. Yeah, a little bit. I I felt like that was drawn out a little bit. A little bit. I mean, part of the joke is the escalation of it. He knocks some pepper over and almost wakes the guy up, and he starts poking him in the eye, and that doesn't wake him up. He turns on the radio. Yeah, the marching band. Uh, But then, like, a a mouse sneezes, and he's like, oh, oh." You know, you have to escalate it a little bit to make it work. Eh, Whatever. It was fine. I I found it funny, but uh, I get it. Uh, It did go on a little long. Uh, Yeah, and then... I think this we get a big uh, action sequence. Is this where we get the the, it the is, body count? Well, you get the the body count sequence here. It's greater than RoboCop and Total Recall. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I buy their numbers here. Oh no, it's not even close. <laughs> no, because they it's say not even close. One ninety one was the Total Recall yeah, uh, number. Yeah, we we weren't that high, right? No, no, nowhere close. I mean, it, yeah. it was for exaggeration effect. I Just the right concept now. of it, because you got I I enjoyed the fact that you've got. For me, RoboCop, but Total Recall and a T2 reference in this movie, it, it did... A couple, right? Uh, I'm only thinking of one. Is there another T2? I can think of two. Is Saddam Hussein reforms like yeah, the Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking about. And then there's a shot of Ramada and like a, a, a POW on her arm, and she's talking the oh, shotgun. Oh, yeah, I guess so. You're right. He's, he's very much in the John Connor pose, like huddling behind her. You're, I think that's Okay, you're probably right. I, you're, that probably is intentional. I... What's funny is as it, as it was going through, I'm like, man, it seems like that this is a sequence that's done in movies all the time. Yeah. And I wasn't even thinking, no, it's probably just because T2 had just come out, so it's, that's it's, the reason they're doing it. It's only because they put that like, nameless POW behind her, huddling behind her, yeah. in the same way that John Connor is in T2. Yeah. If it was just her doing that shotgun thing, I would say, yeah, this is just a, re- like a, nope, a right. spoof of action movies, but right. I'm pretty sure that's a T2 reference. Uh, and Miguel Ferrer reveals that he was that this whole time there was a spy. I guess I don't even remember what the deal was. Well, yeah. That. So what was who was actually selling them out? Is ultimately Michelle Huddleston is who? Oh, but, right. They think it's Miguel Ferrer, but he's just a coward. But yeah, then, because in the boat sequence, he disappears because he's gone and he's hiding below deck. Yes. And as a fourteen-year-old, I probably did not see in the background the jellyfish spineless jellyfish crates yes yes and yes. there's something else in there too i don't yeah, write yeah. spineless jellyfish and something else uh, yeah i probably totally missed that as a 14 year old that is funny and I, I i love after the sequence where topper inspires him he's just like he, he jumps up and kills like a, one guy or a couple of guys thank you topper i can kill again <laughs> you've get 
and actually his his performance and both him and Charlie Sheen. He's like, come on, there's plenty of guys you can kill by that gate. He gets up, you're right. He mows a couple of down. Thanks, Topper. You've given me a reason to live again. I can kill again. I can kill again. That's the part that finds me, I find very fun. And I don't think they give a high five, but it's almost like a high five that they give each other. Yeah, I mean, it has that feel. It's like because he's you know it, it goes from Topper being like, "Oh, try those eyes, sweetheart," or whatever, and then yeah, turn that frown upside down. It goes from that to "Thank you, Topper. I can kill again." <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, good good performances by both in that sequence. Yeah. We get an Ener- Energizer Bunny gag, which that. I mean, I guess the Energizer Bunny still is around. I've seen ads for the I've other seen Energizer ads, too, Bunny. which is surprising. It's not the cultural phenomenon that it was back then. It definitely was back then, and it was annoying. So there, there was a certain sense of satisfaction of it being destroyed, as I remember. Yeah, I guess that's the joke, because everyone was sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, enough with the Energizer Bunny. Um, yeah, I guess that was a time that doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Of, like... Ad campaigns becoming cultural phenomena, like the Budweiser frogs. Not as much. I think you get a little bit of a surge of certain commercials around the Super Bowl, and then that's it. Like it. That's like the only opportunity, and even yeah. then, it doesn't. It never gets the cultural like traction. No. You know what's was up was probably the last one. That's what I was going to say. Is that the last that, time that ever happened. Budweiser was, was up. Was, was up. the last one. It was on The Office. That's how far it reached. It was a Super yep. Bowl commercial, and then in a, a British show, it's being referenced. I'm going like, yep. wow, that commercial had reach. And in two th- yeah, was, that show was like 2001 ish. So that that was getting to the ve- the not, late 90s was getting to be where TV wasn't going to have the same influence. Yeah, I can't think of a single ad campaign TV, since then say. that uh, no. has been like that. I mean, some of it is you and I aren't probably weren't watching you know network tv as much once we got into the the 2000s so maybe there were but if people were like you and me that how it became a cultural phenomenon is because people were watching the same stuff and it just doesn't exist totally and the stuff that if people are watching the same stuff it's all on streaming or like netflix where there are no ads so it's it's just can't happen anymore nope uh, anyway, okay, I have, I have a note, because this is where we get the part of Topper throwing the bullets, which is an amazing gag. But there's a there's one that's almost as good, and it's almost the next shot, and I think it's kind of a shame, because it's being upstaged by the, the thrown bullets. But then they cut to Ramada shooting some guys, and it's just very listless stuntmen being like, oh, I guess I'm dead, and just... <laughs> Some of the death sequences are great in this. But I, I thought that was very funny, because of, uh, you know, just like spoofing... Like really bad acting, acting. of stuntmen, stuntmen. just like yeah. ouch, I'm dead, you know. But oh right, I need to die here. Hold yeah. on. I think they needed to put some space because the, you're still laughing about the the bullets being thrown, and this joke isn't getting enough uh, space to to, to work. breathe. And yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's almost as funny. <laughs> she shoots some guys, and they're just like, ooh, ow, uh, yeah, just I am, they, they I kind am of dead now. Like 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 they just don't want to hurt themselves falling. Like, they're just like, eh, I'm just gonna ease my way down on the ground. <laughs> I don't want to bite it. I'm just gonna gently lay yeah, down. I thought that was really funny. And then so really, what the, then as they continue to try and make their way back back to the chopper, although nobody says, does say get to the chopper. No, I mean this is this is a Rambo uh, spoof, not a. Uh, that's true. That's a, true. A predator spoof. Uh, the, well, before you move on, I just want to make, make clear. The president decided to get directly involved. Oh, we, yeah. we do get one fart joke there. You're right. Where he's infiltrating, and uh, actually, he takes the, out a, a guard boat by farting. He, he takes out the guard boat by farting, but before then, actually, the setup of when he starts his mission, you get like a voiceover that's a... I, I, I don't know what movie that it's more like. It's not a Jack Ryan movie, but whatever it is of the president talking about you know the, the mission that he's going on, and then I'm thinking... 
why didn't why did I bring instead of air did I bring oh, helium? Yeah. I actually did kind of like the idea that Tug Benson brought helium yeah, instead of air. That's funny, and they pitch up his voice. Yeah. Why did I bring helium instead of air? And then then shortly thereafter, when you cut back to them continuing to swim towards you know as Navy SEALs, yeah. the fart joke, which I am not a fan of that fart joke. I, as fart jokes go, I think it's fine. It's it's kind of funny. I can't believe you, you find fart jokes funny. It can be. I don't think this is like really funny. You think I there can be a really crafty and tasteful fart joke i think yes i I think as as fart jokes go this is relatively tasteful i don't think there's anything wrong with it i didn't laugh out loud but i was like "Eh." i smiled a little bit okay it was more the the sound effect it was just like it sounded like someone hit a button on one of those machines you buy you know at the the mall the spencer's gifts it was like classic fart sound do they still sell those because i think the last time you told me in a Spencer's, they just sold adult toys. Yes, they, no, they, they definitely don't sell those, those machines anymore. Okay. There's apps for that now. They, they can't compete with the apps. There's a million fart apps, I'll tell you that. Are you you want to fight? You want, oh, definitely. How, how are you surprised this is what the internet is, I is being be used I shouldn't be surprised, for? but why are people paying for something on their phone? I want to, here, I'm going I'm to search for a fart app and I'll tell you how many uh, answers I get. Do you think it's more or less than 200? More than 200, but... More than 200 fart apps. Wait, shall I run down fart sounds, soundboard, and pranks? Fart sounds, prank, amp, dash, I farts, registered trademark. <laughs> <laughs> fart sounds, collection, soundboard, and something is getting cut off. Fart machine, fart soundboard, funny fart sounds, amazing fart sounds and pranks, fart sound pranks, fart sounds machine, fart sounds, prank, amp, f- <laughs> this, motion fart. This is way funnier than actual fart jokes. Oh, that's why I brought it up. Green fart button, fart collection free, 50 fart sounds, prank soundboard, best fart sounds. It goes on and on and on. Fart versus burp, fart piano. <laughs> fart? Is that like plants versus zombies? Fart versus burp? I guess. Fart simulator. Are these all free apps, I hope? I don't know. I think so. I hope nobody's paying for a fart app. Real fart sounds. I'm sure people are paying for fart apps. Fart button, fart buttons, fart sound prank app, farter starter. All right, I'll stop. (laughs) I'm sorry I asked. Guess that farts. I don't want to stop now. (laughs) Now it's time for guess that fart. How do you think that works? I don't know. Should I download it? No. Don't. (laughs) I'm going to get all kinds of advertising from Google. Oh, you obviously are into guess that fart. Here's some other options. What's great is that my Google phone is probably listening right now, and I'm going to get suggestions for fart apps. Anyway, so it's a good time to get back to the movie because we're getting to the part that we've we've been talking around this whole time. Speaking, yeah, of of, um, recent deaths, actually. Maybe this is a a transition. (laughs) That's a dark transition. It's a dark transition, but David Stern recently passed away. Oh, that's not the death I thought you meant. (laughs) Oh, what death did you think? I thought you meant uh, that Iranian general or whatever. Oh, no, no, not... (laughs) Because that's that's the topic that we're about to talk about is, is war. Okay, David Stern, yes. Yeah, but no, what I'm what I'm getting to is topical is David Stern, the former NBA commissioner, <laughs> who certainly made the NBA the, the, a, a world game. I mean, it probably, after soccer, is the next most popular worldwide sport. And the... Maybe. I, I'm going to guess that the advertising campaign, much like the Energizer Bunny, it was probably a good transition to the Energizer Bunny. Unless you watch TV in this era, you do not get this joke. Well, but that's the thing. Well, let's uh, explain the joke, and then I'll I'll get back to that because uh, I'll like go ahead, fire away. You want me to explain? Yeah. All right. So it, it's uh, Miguel Ferrer. There, you know, there's a there's an action sequence, 
and he kind of Bugs Bunny style. There's there's guys shooting mortars, mortars. and he yep. he tilts their mortar, shoots straight up, and they go and comes down and blows them up. Yep. And then he he comes up out of frame directly to the camera. He just goes war. It's fantastic, and then gives the biggest the smile. smile. <laughs> yes. So explain the, B- the NBA connection, because I yeah. want to make a comment about that. All right. So, I mean, there was a sequence of NBA advertisements back probably the year before, or maybe even the year this was released. I don't know. Oh, they go back a while. That was campaign okay. started in, like, the late 80s, like 87, oh, okay. 88. So I, they were still going well into the 90s. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't paying attention to the NBA in the late 80s. I really only, when I paid attention, was only when the Bulls were really good, and it would have been in the early 90s, even yeah. less than the late 80s. So that ad campaign had been going on forever. Well, and so the the tagline of it was, it's fantastic. Right. Well, in particular, I think at first it was just a voiceover guy. Like in the late 80s, early 90s, they would just show clips of NBA and they'd be like, NBA action. It's fantastic. But then eventually they started to recruit celebrities at the game. And so it would just be like clips of NBA basketball, fans high five and dead, you know, rock music did it, did it, and then just cut to Jack Nicholson. Just cut to no, it was never Jack Nicholson. I don't, I don't think he would deign to do this. It would be not. like Spike Lee or somebody or, yeah. you know, uh um I don't know, Matthew Modine. You know, just cut to just random celebrity at the game. Clearly they're just like, "Hey, can you just turn to the camera and say NBA action is fantastic?" All right, fine. You know, maybe they comped him the tickets in order to get him to do this. I don't know. I don't, I'm sure they had to sign a waiver, but it would just, it would just be like what I always found funny about those commercials. It would just be like action packed, dead at the dunking, into the high five, cut to the celebrity, NBA action, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's a monotone, exactly. <laughs> I don't really want to be doing this because they just like ambushed him at the game. They're standing in their seats, usually with the court behind them, like action packed footage, and then just like. Pre-game warm-ups happening behind a celebrity. <laughs> NBA like a action. Layup line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. NBA action. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> some of them would get into it. I remember Spike Lee being very like NBA action. Like he, you yeah, know, he course. loves basketball. He loves the NBA. Right? Um, so that's what this is a reference to. Is <laughs> right the camera going war? It's fantastic. <laughs> so absurd. And but again, that. I think if you not that I think anybody would pick up and watch this movie. To, I honestly I don't know why anybody would, unless you grew up in this era. But if yeah. you did, that joke makes n- even the well, Energizer but- Bunny. You probably have a chance that you might know it. Sure, there's no way you would get this reference. But that's to me, it makes it ten times funnier because as a reference to a relatively obscure NBA ad campaign. Okay, fine. It's a it's just a reference. If you remove that reference, it's so much funnier as a commentary on action movies. That's you're right. It's so much funnier. Just just out of context, I think it's ten times funnier. If you don't know that ad campaign and you just think it's the movie just being like war, it's fantastic. Like that's the subtext of all action movies, and in it's way, just you're right. it's just saying it out loud <laughs> in a way that is so funny to me. And Miguel Ferrer he kills he, it. He absolutely nails it. Oh, it's so funny. I, I, that's the part of the joke that now I find funny. Yes, as a kid, oh, it's like that NBA yeah, commercial. Yeah. Now just having an action movie character turn to the camera. And go war it's fantastic and the smile too yeah yeah he's really selling it he's he's smiling when he says the line and but then he kind the of same. he kind of drops his smile a little bit so he can smile again yeah but he really gives a big all grit big grin after he drops it it's one of the funniest shots in movies maybe <laughs> you and i still like you said i hadn't seen this movie in 20 years at least but you remember it yeah you and i reference war it's fantastic 
all the time. I, I'm sure we've done it on this podcast, maybe oh, yeah. on occasion, but just in everyday conversation, yeah. that comes up all the time. It's such a part of our lexicon as friends, you know, yeah. and of a movie that neither of us have seen in 30 years. Yep. That's just so how memorable this is. I love it's it's the, it's the funniest thing in this movie by leaps and bounds. I literally I knew it was coming. I laughed for a minute straight. <laughs> And unfortunately, like after this sequence, the movie bogs down a bit because it goes back to it brings the president in and the terrorist leader or what, whatever he's called, Saddam. Yeah, that terrorist enti- dictator they call yeah, him. Excuse the- me, terrorist dictator. Yes, that entire sequence. Uh, first, it's Topper, and then it's the president. It drags on way too long. And don't forget Rowan Atkinson in his uh, starring role. Yeah. I forgot. He, I saw him in the credits, and I'm like, wow, Rowan Atkinson. I, don't, I didn't remember him being in this movie. And then a whole movie went by, and I and he, forgot. And then he showed up. I was like, oh, right, Rowan Atkinson. I forgot the credits said he was in it. His shoes are tied together. <laughs> that's, I, I think that's actually kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, that's funny. They've tied my shoelaces together. Bastards. Those bastards. <laughs> so he's got to pick him up and carry him all the way because the shoelaces are tied together. Uh, so what you then get to is eventually they, they do rescue him. The, the president... You you get the the T two reference then that you already said of the um, the dog. It, it's a fire extinguisher that the president ultimately uses to act like liquid nitrogen, and it's the exact same you know sequence with the T one thousand. Including they must have stolen. At least it felt like they stole the reassembly a little bit. It, it was either yeah, either they stole the shots or it was a very very good recreation of because it looked exactly it like T two. It did look exactly the same. I mean, you know, those shots probably aren't hard to get. You pour some, you know, mercury. I, was say, on I think a, it was mercury. Right? Yeah, you pour it on a flat and you just tilt the ground yeah. and yeah, I, I I'll bet they recreated it. But so then you get back to uh, the the rally point, and Michelle is basically saying we're done here. Well, before we get to that, I'm I'm just reading through my notes, and there was a gag that I I definitely wouldn't have noticed if not for the subtitles being on. Oh, I didn't have them on. So, there, okay. There's the moment where Topper Harley climbs over the two foot high fence, which yeah. is kind of funny. It, yeah. it's, it's the dramatic music, which is and, the, and that felt a little bit like Commando kind of has. A sequence that's almost like that, that is not a very high... I mean, they... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it reminded me of Commando. Yeah, it yeah. felt like Commando. Um, and also, this movie, this music is by uh, Basil Polidorus, I noticed, which... Oh, uh, I from, from Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Uh, almost pitch-perfect like parody of the Rambo music. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. He's really good. Uh, but anyway, he climbs that fence, and he's sneaking in. And meanwhile, there's guards, you know, quote-unquote Iraqi, not Iraqi guards running back and forth. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't notice it until the subtitles, but they're just going like, okay, I'm going to go over here. All right, you go over there. All right, I'm going to follow you over there. All right, let's go over here. And it's just <laughs> it's just people running in no particular direction, crisscrossing each other and just shouting, I'm going to go over here. You go over there. I'm going to go over there. That is good. <laughs> yeah, it's really I didn't have subtitles on and did not get that picked up. I wouldn't up. have heard. I wouldn't have. Because, you know, you, you're trained as a moviegoer to just drown out that chatter. Yeah. <laughs> and so when they sneak a joke in there, you don't even notice it. And So from there... Uh, Ramada figures out who who ultimately, ironically, the mole. Uh, we we kind of skipped that of her uh, Michelle's lucky mole that she gives to Topper, but right. ultimately the mole in the um, in oh, the in the CIA. I don't that whatever the mole. No, I think that's yeah. probably intentional. I think it was intentional, but whatever. She, I missed it. She's the one who's been selling out um, the United States, and it's it's because they of you know their time back in college. This is where I actually. I feel a little bit bad, but Richard Crenna's performance of, you know, the, the misdirection <laughs> yeah. and how interested Richard Crenna is until he finds out his bungee jumping. I loved Richard Crenna's yeah. performance. They're like, oh, that one night. Did he, uh, he's like, 
go on. Right. He's very interested in this story about exploration. And he's, and he's so disappointed. Yeah. Bungee jumping? He's so he's so upset. And I kind of remember that, but what I forgot is the cut to American Gladiators. I enjoyed the American Gladiators I reference. I did, too, it but dated that, it. that's so dated. But it, I, know, I also but found I, it very funny. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed there's, it. There's, the music really pumped me yes, up. It's the music. In, the, in, it in this context, it's so funny. That you don't realize how preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's actually very funny. It's a very funny themes, like piece of theme music in this context. Because it, it almost does sound like a parody of... Uh, yes. you know, the, the delivering, delivering dialogue, dialogue and, and yeah. like explaining the plot. The like you, hand cycle. Here's, here's why you portrayed it. It's like they're explaining the whole plot, but you're not paying attention because they're going through all the events. <laughs> yeah, and then they're the up events. with the joust. The joust, yeah. yeah. Real American gladiators there. I've, I've got the names of the two gladiators. Oh, really? I didn't realize they that. They brought in real American Zap gladiators. Zap or... Yes, Zap was one. Oh, what a, what a guess. Zap appears in this movie, and I, I have, it's in my notes. I'll find them later. The only one... So how many... I wonder how many American gladiators... I, I remember Nitro, Ice. Yes. I ice, I, I, ice I mainly names. remember because of uh, Arrested Development also had an ice, but there was Nitro. Who, who are the ones that are referenced in The Simpsons? Because they were real. Oh, Pyro. Pyro and, and Gyro. Gyro. <laughs> Pyro. Gyro. <laughs> yeah, I think they were real. Uh, uh, Pyro might have been. I'm not sure about Gyro. Uh, I don't think Gyro is an American gladiator. Might have been. I don't remember. I, I can't remember real people's names. I'm not going to remember American gladiator fake I, names. I wonder, I wonder why they couldn't have... Uh, pulled in Larry Zonka and Mike Adamley to to do a little like play by play as it was happening. That would have been a nice touch. They they did have the play by play guys in the fight near the beginning, yeah. the, the stick fight. So yeah, they, 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 they kind of put them there instead. Yeah. Anyway, um, we kind of I think we skipped over some of the fight between the president and uh, not Saddam. If but, there's stuff you want to cover, so I honestly well, I felt I, like it dragged on. I don't want to skip. There's a Star Wars parody. Oh, and I, I didn't want to skip it just because. I was watching this. I I I, wa- I saw this. Let's see how many days after I saw Rise of Skywalker. Seven, eight days after Rise of Skywalker. And you liked this better than Rise of Skywalker? No, I. But this, if there was ever a time in my life where I have less patience for a Star Wars parody, it was eight <laughs> days after seeing Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. I I just had no patience for it. Oh, great, a Star Wars parody. Okay. This would have been at a time when that was... I mean, Star Wars was basically dead in 1983. Oh, yeah. It was gone. They've been gone for like a decade, basically. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, it, so would have, it would have been seen as a weird throwback then. It was like the only time... The only period in history where Star Wars was no, like not like around in a significant cultural no, way. No, but it wouldn't be too long from now that... Uh, no, Phantom Menace would be starting up. Well, '97 they re-released, they did all the special editions. Oh, that's so right. that's really where it began. So, do you do you want to take this opportunity? Do you want to vent your frustration about? Oh, I think that what I just said makes my opinion very clear. Okay. Did you get my text the other day though that I thought how cute it was to see a couple of Gen Z people on the train trying to determine? Oh, I did see that text. I mean, you, you know, you can't expect people to know. Yes, I can. I think it is unconscionable. You are the Star Wars fan. I can, you know, I I think they're. The early ones were entertaining, but it's not like that that was part of my growing up, like, let's say, Ghostbusters. Star Wars transcends. Uh, honestly, that transcends. E- uh, yes, it does. I mean, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but, you know, they weren't alive. So what do you expect? Uh, see, here's the thing. I, I feel like you're, you know enough about James Bond that you'd be able to do this, but I think most people our age, if you said, well, name me the first five James Bond movies, they wouldn't be able to do it. Can you do it? Like you, you, you're a Bond fan, and I, I <clears throat> shall we try? I, I, that's the equivalent. That's 
Shall we try? I'm sure you can. Okay. Okay. Do, do you want to? Just to prove yourself? But, I mean... Dr. No from Russia with Love. Uh, Golden... Uh, Goldfinger. Uh, Thunderball. Oh, I may strike out at five. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a crappy... You got four. That's, that's good enough. <sighs> yeah, but I got to think... I'm trying to think of all the Conneries that I haven't named. There's two more Conneries. Well, yeah. Three more if you count uh, the fake one. Never seen ever again. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, this, this, no. Spy Who Loved Me is the first Roger Moore. No. Live and Let Die is the first. Live and Let Die, you're right. Spy Who Loved Me, I think, comes after that. Yep. Uh, you want me to tell you? No, hold on. You can't spend a lot of time on this. Come on. But you understand my point. I guess. Those movies were before we were born, so the expectation to know when, what came out when. I'm sorry. To not know what a prequel is and know that you didn't have to release the movies. They weren't alive when the prequels were, were around, even. So, how can they know? 99? Yes, they were. Gen Z? Yeah. I, I feel like Gen Z, by they definition. They were barely alive, but they were alive. Okay, fine. But they don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> I, I thought it was cute of the argument, and especially when all. You know how uneasy it is? They were even looking it up on their phone and couldn't, like. F- come to a conclusion i'm like how can you not well that's... you literally can see the years if you aren't just looking at wiki well, of course they went to wikipedia and not like the internet movie database that would have had the year and of all of them right there but whatever i'm sure they figured it out oh I'm i sure just they don't did. have the expectation that uh, gen z kids to know which which star wars movie came out first i, I don't know i'm i'm not gonna expect it for every franchise but i'm sorry star wars i think transcends even people who aren't huge fans like me it transcends generations you're you're gonna end up being like the 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 dad who was like upset that his kid isn't into baseball or whatever, you know. Like except it's gonna be movies and like how could you not know this, you know? I how, already am that. How guy. could you not know who Honus Wagner played for? You know, it's, Honus <laughs> Wagner, Cap Benson, <laughs> <It's>, Mordecai <laughs> Three Finger Brown. Let the Gen Z kids Fine. like what they like. Get me good players, new players, living players. <laughs> Whatever. I shouldn't have said Honus Wagner. No, I, I should, should have known you, that was going to trigger you. Should you should not have said Honus <laughs> Wagner of all players. But my point is, those kids, if, if they would be, they would find it hilarious that you don't know like who the uh, the, the what's the what's the the video game? Goddamn! Um, I bought my nephew points to spend in it. Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. I know what it is, but like characters in it or whatever. I don't even know what if there are characters. Or yeah, not. you but, know what you know what the best. But the point skin is, in that game is is John Wick. <laughs> Ironically oh, enough, is, is it, there, you can you can buy a skin that's John Wick. Okay, I, mean, I didn't can, know that. You can pay for all kinds of stuff in that because that's how video game makers make their money. Point is, this generation has their own pop culture stuff that I don't know about, and I wouldn't expect them to expect me to know. So I, why should you expect them to know about Star Wars? If there weren't releases of Star Wars movies within now there that they're talking about because they went to see them, I would agree with you. So where I think it would be fair is if you were to say, like, I don't know, even Indiana Jones, which I know there's been a release, but I don't know if you necessarily count it. Like those? No, there hasn't. There hasn't been an Indiana Jones movie since 1989. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Do I need to pull up Shia? Shia LaBeouf has nothing to do with Indiana Jones. My point being is that <laughs> I'm going to commit to this franchises like that. Okay, fine, but there are current movies that they are currently going to in theaters. Well, I'm sure they know which well, that Force Awakens came out before Last Jedi. They just don't know about the old ones. All right, yeah, you could throw the same James Bond thing back at me at that because there are James Bond movies being released today. Yeah, so whatever. Right. Look, the point is that Saddam Hussein turns into a dog. That's all that matters. But not like Dana Barrett and Louis Tully and Ghostbusters don't. No, more like Barf from Spaceballs. <laughs> he is! You're right, he's Barf! Barf! 
Not in here, mister. This is a Mercedes. Anyway, I know you don't think Spaceballs is funny anymore, but I still kind of find it funny. There are parts that are funny. Uh, anyway, we got the Casablanca ending, except Rowan Atkinson falls off a cliff. Yeah, so Ro- instead of going off with him like Casablanca, I guess I'm spoiling that too. Spoiler for a 75-year-old movie. I was going to say. If, if <laughs> More than that now. A 90-year-old movie? Is it really? Wow. 41? No. It's 2020, so it's like an 80-year-old movie. 80-year-old movie, movie yeah. I think I think once you get past fifty years, you you can spoil. <laughs> I'm just it was uh, because I spoiled Basic Instinct earlier. I thought uh, you know now I'll just spoil an older movie. Anyway, yeah, he falls off a cliff, and they live well, happily ever after. Is that what happens? I, <laughs> the, 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 the helicopter flies off. Yeah, we don't know what happens whether they lived happily or not. The helicopter gets singed a little bit, which is like its last joke. As it goes on the other side of the sun, it yeah. comes out like it's been burnt. That feels like a last second, like, we have to end this movie with a we, joke. What we can don't we know do? what to do. Right? Yeah, I guess that's yeah. what they decided. What's funny is they shouldn't have, because the credits probably is the best way to end on a joke. I just didn't make it to the credits. No, the, none of the jokes in the credits were that funny. Oh. I mean, I remember the Naked Gun credits having some funny jokes in them. I don't remember any specifics, yeah. other than just finding them funny. Here's the jokes in the credits. Okay. Fun fact. Actor Richard Crenna invented tartar sauce. Fun fact. Baseball superstar Daryl Strawberry spends his winters thinking of new excuses. What? <laughs> they just had a grudge against Daryl Strawberry, apparently. apparently. Uh, who knows They should have just went and heckled him like Bart Simpson did. Yes. Oh, speaking of spoilers. Secret of the crying game. She's a guy. That's just in the middle of the credits. Just, just spoiling the, the crying Man. game. Uh, answer to tonight's scrambled movie title, T2. That's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, and then when they list the cast, it says cast, parenthesis, in the order that you should know their names, and then it starts with Charlie Sheen. Sheen yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then, yeah, American Gladiators are cre- credited, Siren and Zap. Siren. I'm glad I got Zap. That was good. Um, oh, and then it, mixed in with all the music credits is just this. It says... I got a lot of hair for a bald guy, and if I wear it like this, you'll never notice. Michael Bolton. <laughs> Just sneaking in a shot at Michael Bolton. Um, I also learned from the music credits that the name of the Ar- Arsenio Hall theme song is... <laughs> the name of... Thank you for that. Uh, people can't see that you're, you're doing the woo-woo. You know that I have to do things that people can't see. Of That's course. what I do almost every episode. That was, that was worth interrupting for. I mean, to, to do a visual thing that people can only half... You know, all they can hear is the woo-woo-woo. They can't see what you're doing. Anyway, the song is called Hall or Nothing. Which I thought was funny. That's not even a joke. It's just what Arsenio Hall Is Hall's, that really the song? That's how it was credited in the music credits. So I assume that it's like a le- for legal reasons, they can't make that up. That actually is amazing. Yeah, it's called Hall or Nothing. And then here's the pop quiz at the end of the credits. Number one, who was the art director? Number two, what does Don Milojevic do? And number three, which character says, you yanking my crank? You yanking my crank. And that's, yep. that's the, the same sequence of, yeah. I see a couple of goals. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's all I got. So that was Hot Shots Part Deux. Hot Shots Part Deux. I'm, you know, I, I doubt I'll ever see this movie again, but I'm glad we went back and, and did this. Never say never again, like Sean Connery taught the, us. The fake James Bond movie. That's true. Yes, the, 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 the lesson of never say never again doesn't apply because it was a fake Bond movie anyway, so we shouldn't pay attention. We should, we should say never again. But so I, I, You never I, know. Yeah. In 30 years, you may end up deciding, I'm going to watch Hot Shots Part Deux again. Could be. Uh, but I am glad that we went back and watched it. If nothing else, to remind me as we kind of open this, remind me of when these movies existed and were and were movies and were funny. Yeah, 
it's a shame because when these when spoofs really work, they are there's nothing better. There's nothing funnier than airplane or naked gun like no. because you can just cram in them a million jokes right. way more so than any other like genre of comedy. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a shame that the I, I don't know the names of those guys. It's like two guys who make all those epic movie date movie scary movies. It's for. too bad they're not any good. It's they killed this genre. So they should be punished. They should be, you know, tried in a court of law. <laughs> Try them at the Hague for what they've done, because yeah, this is a, such there's such potential in this genre. What would happen to them if they were found guilty? Uh, I mean, certainly director jail, which is where a lot of directors go. They they belong in director jail. I don't know if uh, if uh, the Hague still making, has that kind of oversight. Well, no, I, I don't know if they're still making movies. They may be in director jail. I'm not sure if they're still making movies or not. Well, I can tell you, I know at least one parody does exist because there was a parody that I saw when I was. Watching ICU uh, for the Stallone podcast here, and it was of the Fifty Shades of Grey, and I think it was Fifty Shades of Black with Sean Wayans and somebody else. Okay, it it didn't look funny. I have to look it up to see a trailer or something, but it doesn't sound funny. Sean Wayans is definitely of that this later era, the yeah. scary movie era, where it's yeah. like, eh, you know, I'm I'm gonna get you, sucker, is a good one. That's that's but that's pre this though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's pre this. Yeah. But um, yeah, Air- airplane. Airplane is probably the peak. I, yeah, I don't know if ever there will be a funnier movie than Airplane. <laughs> That's not, honestly, I can't imagine it ever being top. Really, I so was fun. I really enjoy Airplane. I I didn't know you were that big of a fan. Oh, of course, it would be tough. I mean, Top Secret and Naked Gun are basically all on the same level. I, I would put them all close. pretty pretty close together. It, for me, it would be between Naked Gun and Airplane. Top Secret for me would probably be third. Yeah, that's fair. What I think probably puts Airplane over the top is so many of the actors playing against their type and who they were. Robert Stack, Lloyd, all of them. Well, that's what it's, why it's funny, because yeah. they're all playing it straight. <laughs> right. You know? No, no one's winking at the camera. No, not at all. I mean, the, the sequence, what's funny is I still, when I'll get every once in a while bothered on the street downtown, it doesn't happen at the airport now, but at this um, downtown Chicago, of somebody trying to get you to sign up to support Greenpeace or what you know, basically make monthly contributions. Yeah. All I can think of is that sequence in the airport of just Robert Stack just <laughs> fighting and fending them right. off. Scientology! <laughs> That's my favorite guy. Flipping him over. Like, his back is outstanding. Oh, so I thought you were going to tell him, no, I, gave, I already gave it the office. Gave it the office. That's great, yeah. too. Anyway, so that's the show. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did this. Yeah, that's fine. But now, it's time to get back to work. It is time to get back to work, although not necessarily Stallone. But it's time, time for a different kind of bonus. I think this will be a numbered episode. I think this That's this probably, will be a do. full length official episode yeah. that that we're, we'll be back we'll be back at it next episode, but not necessarily. I mean, we're, we're going to say right. Oh yeah, all yes. right. So you and I and uh, my we, pick is still being delayed. <laughs> yes, we're delaying your pick. You thought you were going to get the the pick for Rocky Five. Yeah, and then that's, said, nope, sorry. that's how far back it goes. I foolishly didn't realize that Rocky Five was up next. I've had something since Rocky Five. Literally for months you've been sitting on... Yes. You said you bought the Blu-ray, right? Uh, no, I just bought a cheap a DVD. DVD. Okay, yeah, but you bought DVD. something is yeah. the point. So uh, we're going to keep uh, delaying your pick because yep. Terminator Dark Fates came out yep. late last year. We did see it in theaters. And uh, by the time we record our next episode, it will be out on uh, streaming release. and Blu-ray, and etc. And so... Figure better sooner than later. 
up until recently, we could say we've watched the entire Arnold Schwarzenegger and discussed every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and now we can't say that. So nope. we need to get back on top of this. We can't let this fester. We need to make sure we're, you know, we're catching up on Arnold's. Because Arnold, in the past two, three years, Arnold has only made this one movie. Stallone's made like ten, which is frustrating. <laughs> I know we're falling behind. Yeah, we're, we're, but he's making movies faster than we can record. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to do Terminator Dark Fate next. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The last one that we covered, Killing Gunther, was such a buzzkill. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing this. And one. we saw it in theaters, so yep. we already know. We know that, what we're getting into. Yeah, we know. Uh, it's not Killing Gunther, that's for sure. No, it is not. It will not be a disappointment like that. But no. um, at the very least, we need to update our Arnold Schwarzenegger body count because in the horse race, we need to know what Stallone's got to get to. So. Yeah. I think it makes sense to cover this as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, it wasn't possible to do all this in theaters. Obviously, no. we, it would have been real frustrating for people if we're taking notes in the theater. Also, not a lot of light in a movie theater, so uh, not possible to cover it f- in a full episode in the theaters. But, but the we're, magic we're, of home video, it will yeah, be. We're saving it for now. So yeah, that'll be so, next. So that's been the show. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have, please like us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, and maybe write us a favorable review or let us know uh, what your thoughts are on Hot Shots Part 2 on Twitter at Arms Race Podcast. Yeah, and hopefully by now uh, we've gotten some feedback on those uh, commentary episodes, whether or not, you know, when we get to our next break, whether it was something people liked or didn't like. It was a weird experiment, and as of the time we're recording this, we those still haven't posted, so uh, they'll be going up shortly. So yeah. let us know what you thought of that. I don't think we said that in those episodes. No, I I'm think very you're, curious. you're right. Uh, anyway, if you like the show and you know someone who liked the show, let them know about the show. We'll be back with Terminator Dark Fate. Gyro! Gyro! Settle down!